I love coffee culture. I'm not going to lie. Wow, no. that's bold. Really? I absolutely love it. It might be. I don't know. I've had some pretty good coffees on the road. I'd say probably it's definitely top three. Top, eh, top five. Top five. No offense intended to anyone working at the fine establishment because they do the Lord's work. They provide us with caffeine. Uh, not even in my top ten. Well, do I have ten? Either way, okay, it's so way down. Let's let's do this. Coffee, I, coffee culture, Tim Hortons, McDonald's, Starbucks. Starbucks, McDonald's, Tim Hortons, Dark Roast. Oh. Everybody else, wow. coffee culture. Really? Yeah, I'm it not a fan. It gives me the shakes. I love it. Nobody has a handle on the league like these two hockey heads. Mike Farwell, Chris Pope, your number one authorities on the OHL. This is the Farwell and Pope podcast. I actually drove by a Tim Hortons and a Starbucks thinking, I'm both. There's coffee culture down there. So I'd normally go Starbucks, Tim Hortons, and if like I, I have a massive headache and I'm dying, then maybe McDonald's. That is the beauty of 570 News, Mission Control, Rogers Kitchener Radio, the coffee shop, the one that you like so much, mm-hmm. is directly across the parking lot. You can, It's one-stop shopping. No free ads, coffee culture. <laughs> no free ads, the boardwalk, but it is one-stop yeah. shopping up here. It is. Which is where we are, the boardwalk straddling the border of Kitchener and Waterloo. Speaking of shopping, how about the deal that we got getting our name dropped again on the OHL podcast? So this is a great thing. This is a great thing. And listen... As in case you haven't figured it out yet, and as Popper and I discussed on last week's podcast, by the way, find him on social media at underscore Chris Pope, coffee reviews and more from this young man in terms of coverage of the Ontario Hockey League. Not I'm, much more. No, <laughs> not much more. And I'm at Farwell underscore OHL. Farwell and Pope at gmail.com is the email address. Use it. In case you haven't figured it out, we we consider ourselves entertainers to some degree. So obviously we're going to play things up from time to time for uh, the reaction that it gets. We had a lot of fun with podcast beef a couple of weeks ago, and then we walked back a slight bit about our sensitivity. I, I said then, I'll say again now, I accept it. I really do, as maybe our reaction being a little bit on the sensitive side, but we were literally consuming it. In the moment, we had just turned on the brand new OHL podcast. And I think part of it for me is because, like, I'm going to start calling them Stubbsy, like (laughs) Newman, right? Like Seinfeld and Newman. Because what more does this man need? He's got a voice that is a gift from the gods. They came down with a thunderbolt, right? Yeah, and beautiful set of pipes. Blessed his larynx. That's what happened. He covers a team that does not know how to have a losing season. Mm-hmm. So he's got that. And then the first podcast that gets shouted out. It's a good podcast. Stubbsy and Jake Jeffrey. It is. I think we come from a, a background where we're really ultra competitive, though. And podcasts are kind <laughs> of like not that. Like there's lots of time to listen to podcasts. It's not like your radio show where it's only you can only listen to one thing while you're live. People can listen to podcasts. I listen to 30 podcasts. You can exactly. listen to whatever you want. Anyway, we, we love the OHL's podcast. We love Stubbsy and Jeffrey. Uh, we love the O Show um, with uh, Tate and Cody. Uh, everybody. The more coverage this league gets, the better. And listen to all the OHL podcasts. And thanks to Tate and Cody for their shout out on their podcast last week. The O Show. Cody, if you ever need bus fare, just hit me up. I'll help you out, buddy. I don't wow. want you because I'm listening. Can I have bus fare? No. Oh. I'm listening. I don't like you as much as I like Cody. Yeah. I'm listening to the O Show, and they're in a different. They're in different places because Cody said didn't want to 
Didn't want to get on the bus that night to go over to Tate's place. I don't blame him. Cody, shoot us a note here in Kitchener. The money just flows freely down here. I take it from Pope's wallet. I'll pass it on to you. More importantly, that's what technology is there for. You don't have to be in the same place. That's true. Perfect. <laughs> I wouldn't have known if you didn't say anything. Also, sounded great. I wanted to... <laughs> I wanted to send a little love Josh Sweetland's way. He's the guy behind the official OHL podcast. And the man lives up to his name, okay? Sweet land. Kids kids as sweet as apple pie. I remember I remember he's like the cub reporter from back in the Belleville Bulls days when there was a Belleville Bulls. I know everything up in Belleville at the time was Jack Miller and Jack Miller only and it makes a lot of sense. Yep. But Josh was there earning his stripes in this league and I I should Give him a hard time in person instead of over the podcast. So, Josh, buddy, we got your back. I remember the days. I only got East once, I know. That memorable OHL championship in 08. We had lots of fun. We got no issues. Over the years, none. Josh is a great guy, and he really has earned his stripes in this league now at the league offices. Kind of pity him for that. We- it's got to be tough in the corporate world, eh? No. <laughs> it's been pretty sweet, actually. Sweet um, Lind. Sweet Lind. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, Jack Miller, we're going to get him on the podcast. Okay, we'll make sure we reach out. Right, longtime voice of the Belleville Bulls, OHL Game of the Week. That I grew was, up on Jack Miller, OHL Game of the Week. All of us did. It in, was unbelievable. Yeah, who loved this league, who loved this league today. And talk about guys with a voice. Holy cow. Like how we're still doing what we do. I have no idea. Also want to welcome along FishFan51, one of the new listeners to the Farwell and Pulp podcast. He tweeted us this week, but said, and I honestly can't remember using this on the podcast. I think he might have had us mixed up, but he said, I'm too old to use hella. Have I ever said that? Have I, like, hella good time? I, I don't think that's me. I'm I not sure. I don't know. Anyway, I, I could have. So I know He's Fish. hella good? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I did. Anyway. I, uh, I've known Fish for a number of years just over social media from back in the days I was working at Sportsnet 590, the fan. Uh, I think I had more street cred then. Because Fish gives me a much harder time on Twitter these days, but that's okay. That's Sorry. What, that's what Twitter's you, there for. I got to go back to this. Yeah. You, at some point in your life, had street cred? I didn't say street cred. I just said cred. No, you said street cred. And you might have even said hella street cred. I'm kidding about the hella You're part. You're making all of this up. You 100% said street cred. Uh, Did you have street cred? When I could say <laughs> that I'm working mornings at Sportsnet 590 The Fan, the largest sports radio station in the country? Sure. Even though I was just the third wheel on the show. Oh, I think that's that's a huge uh, professional accomplishment. Oh, but I mean on the streets. You want to talk about walking around St. Jerome's and Kitchener? Street cred. That's a very good point. Farzy. Wearing my just uh, wearing my blues and grays because it was a Catholic high school. Oh, had the uniform. Uniforms. So yeah, there was. You're right. I've never had street cred in my life. Not one time so, ever. Uh, you popped one collar though, just to send a message that you were anti-establishment. Oh right? my gosh. Uh, no. Or a, a white shoe instead of the black shoes to nope. send a message. Sometimes, sometimes I rolled my sleeves up. Ooh. Yeah. I never even, untucked was a big deal, right? Yeah. You oh, could not it? have your shirt you untucked. Look at me today. Yeah, you're still tucked. I'm eh? always tucked, baby. That's you, the way it should be. If you rock a t-shirt, though, you don't tuck, do you? No, no. No, okay. I, that, I, that I learned in life. Yeah. Yeah, my you're not tucking tees. Well, of course he does. My mother tries to, still to this day, tries to get him to untuck his t-shirt and he still tucks it in. I'm like, dad. I love you, but you got to untuck the t-shirt. t-shirt. With all due respect, he's not 80. Right. He's what? I'm, he's 54. You can, un- in July, you can untuck the shirt. He needs to, uh, I'm almost as old as your father. <laughs> I, I know. know this. Right. Now, let me talk to you. Okay. Let me talk to Pops Pope. I'll, I'll take care of it for you. Um, anyway, Fish, welcome along. I think he's an Ice Dogs fan. Although the Fish, I think the Fish fan 
Twitter handle is because he likes the Miami Dolphins, not the Mississauga Steelheads. Either way, welcome aboard. Tell your friends the Farwell and Pulp podcast. Speaking of fishy. Yeah. What's Saginaw doing down there? I think we got to talk to Dave Drinkle. Because there is something fishy going on. All of a sudden, trade deadline passes. All teams are set. Nope. Not the Saginaw spirit. It's because the New York Islanders organization sends back defensive standout Bodie Wild. What an addition for the West Division leading Saginaw spirit. It happens uh, more frequently than you'd think. Uh, London was the beneficiary not too many years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Either way, a month after the deadline, February the 10th, which was when we learned about this news from the Saginaw spirit, is up is the point up until which these sorts of things can happen. And yeah, it's a huge boost for the Saginaw spirit and their championship aspirations. I'd like to point out, hindsight is twenty twenty, but you can go back. It's on the tape. Called it. Mm-hmm. Said it was going to happen. If you're listening to this podcast, you would have heard us say Bodie Wild will be coming back. Although I'll admit, at least from my perspective, I thought it was going to be much closer to the actual trade deadline than the month after. But here we go. And and this is massive. I We've talked about the Saginaw spirit and their chances and not convinced that they are as happy as they'd like to be in goal. But boy, oh boy, is that ever a terrific piece. It, it's a massive piece and I, I will, I'm not one to normally pump my own tires when I prognosticate correctly that sarcasm because yes I am I was wrong on the Bodie Wild thing I'll say that um, so they now have a top D pairing of they could I guess depending on what they do but Bodie Wild and Ilya Solovyov as your top D pairing your second pairing could be Riley Webb and Mason Millman and then you run into DJ Bustecker and DJ King. How's that for your six defensemen? I remember. So That's insane is it, what it is. It's interesting. I remember our first viewing of Bodie Wild last season. How do you forget it? Right. And <sighs> I don't know if we made him first star. We did. Yeah. He was definitely one of the stars in a game in Kitchener. He was that good. I think Saginaw lost the game. So I think he was second star. Either way, he was a star in our first viewing. And then you mentioned Ilya Solovyov. And the first time we saw him this year, we thought, what is this, Bodie Wild Redux? Because you have another similar style player, a punishing defender to some degree, is Solovyov. And I don't know where the scouts are going to find this kind of mold or this kind of recipe, but boy, oh boy, is it fun to watch. And on first viewings for both of those defensemen we just mentioned, they stood out to us as viewers of the game. 4-3 4-3 overtime win for Saginaw over Kitchener. It was October 5th. Bodie Wild was first star Good in memory. said game. Good memory. And then this year, it was an, another overtime game, but Kitchener came out on top 5-4, and Ilya Solovyov got second star. Ryan Stepien got the first because he scored the overtime winner. There you go. Wild stuff. But this I, is no pun intended when I said that, but... It's. Uh, I love the, the the addition of Bodie Wild. It just. It, How can you not? As if Dave Drinkle didn't do enough in adding Suzuki at the deadline from Barry to really resurgent, like or uh, put uh, punt like a, a shot in the arm of that hockey club. You were down on it though. Well, I, thought, I said it was one of the best moves yeah. of the deadline. I thought it was all... good. I just wasn't. I. I wasn't as high on it as you were. It, okay. It's a good move. It's just not. 
Like, I, I would take either one of their moves last year over it. Well, but those were kind of like the super team moves, well, right? That's what I mean. Yeah. I got you. And, okay. and that's, I think, what we've become accustomed to yeah. almost in this league, yeah. right? The super teams. I like that the kind that the teams kind of went away from it this year, and I think that's just because of how close the Western Conference is, and how, with all due respect to Peterborough and Oshawa, how far ahead of the competition Ottawa is. That's why we're not seeing these super teams. Um, and I've talked at length on this podcast about how much I hate the idea of these super teams. But I, 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 I like the addition of Suzuki, and it gives that team a shot in the arm. And now all of a sudden, you get that. January 9th and then start of February you get another shot in the arm with Bodie Wild coming back and it's not like uh, I think it's harder for a forward to integrate themselves into a new team than it is a defenseman Bodie Wild's going to come in and everything's just going to be fine because he's so talented his skating's there his shots there his defensive games there he's physical I think it's just a massive massive pickup and if either one of those goaltenders can find their game come playoff time. It's going to be extremely difficult to get past that Saginaw Spirit team. If Arshel Frappier can find his game, which he's had the last little while, they could have that starting goaltender. Or Tristan Lennox, if he can find the game that he did in the playoffs after he went in uh, in, in relief. That Saginaw team's extremely well built. I, they were my pick coming into the season, and then they add... Bodie Wild late in the season, and they add Suzuki and so on and so forth, and they added uh, Antropov and so on and so forth. Drinkles definitely pushed his chips in. Funny you should say that about your pick coming into the season. I want to go off script with you here for just a few minutes. Okay, we didn't plan this, but I think it's my a, favorite type. I know, mine too. Still to come, though, on this episode of the Farwell and Pope podcast, one of our favorite scouts. I year I can't remember how many years it goes back watching this guy build his scouting profile, but he is one of the best observers of talent in this league as far as I'm concerned and I have got a serious beef about a stupid goal we still allow in this game we're going to get to that but as we go off script here ever so briefly and it's it's kind of two parts first going back to what you just said about Saginaw your pick the beginning of the season look I don't want to it it didn't I don't think it takes a genius I think if you follow this game even half-heartedly it it's pretty easy to see as a season is beginning, the teams that will be there when the playoffs roll around and when it's time to start looking for champions. And so we easily identified Ottawa in the East and Peterborough in the East. And in the West, I know we were talking about Saginaw, London, Kitchener. Those Mm -hmm. would be the three in some order. And where are we at as we head into the final quarter of the season? The one, two, three in the Western Conference Kitchener, Saginaw, London. First of all, is this good or bad for the game that we can look at it in early September, late August, and say, here's how things are going to shape up, oh, and I it comes I, true? I don't think it's, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think it's either. I don't think it's good or bad. It is the game. It's the Ontario Hockey League. That's what happens when there's uh, only, what, five age groups in the league. You can take a look at a roster and see how a roster is built. And if you see a roster of 19-year-olds, book them for the playoffs. It's pretty simple. Well, you can book almost everybody for the playoffs. Well, I mean the real contenders. No, yeah, for sure. But those it, players have been in the, in the league, so you understand the talent level of those players. It's not like... But you don't get a whole lot of surprises, is what I'm saying. No, but that's that's the nature of the game. Okay. Right? Are there... I guess there are some surprises in the National Hockey League. St. Louis Blues, for example. Are they well? Yeah, I they, guess were, they were dead last in January last year. Okay. Well, we watched sixty-eight games of a or sixty-eight games of a team that did the exact same thing right now. 
last to first. The exact same thing. Fired the coach, last to first. Boom. So there are those surprises. Look at Flint. I think Flint is a surprise this year. We were sitting in a hotel room when Ty Delandria got sent back. We were packing Ty's bags for him for True. Pete's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> and and now they've ran off 10 straight, and they may win the division if they keep it up right now. Um, there are those surprises, but I just think it's so easy when there's only a five-year age gap to decipher who's who's going to be a winner and who's going to be a loser. And this league is pretty simple to figure out when you figure out which teams want to win and which teams are just here to play the game. All right, I'll, I'll give you that. And insofar as surprises, there were some earlier in the season when the Guelph Storm were where they were running over this league roughshod and not making any moves at the deadline and the Windsor Spitfires have been fun. They all seem to be coming back to earth. And when you look at those one, two, three in the West, while it's where we expected things to be at this point, it's certainly not the way we expected to arrive here. You already referenced right. the Kitchen Rangers having to make the run they made. They are where we thought they would be. They just took a really circuitous route to get <laughs> to this point. Now, second part what was of that, that word? though. Circuitous. What's that mean? Circuitous. It, 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 I think the pronunciation, though, is circuitous. Huh. It's like fortuitous, but with a circle. Goes in a circle. I should stop using words like that. No, I like There's it. You're no educating point. me. You're, yeah. you're going back to your teaching roots. Oh, my gosh. Let's not even talk about that. Hashtag St. Jerome's. Hashtag St. Jerome's. But I taught at Monsignor Doyle. Oh. They have not let me live it down. What a mistake that was. Wow. The, the school was set back a decade in my one year there. Whole other story. I can so, imagine. <laughs> second part of the off script. Good or bad for the league, it's neither. It's the way the league is. Okay, I'll is take that. Is that fair? That. Can I say neither? No, sure. I think, I no, just, good. well, you, you, at first I thought cop out, but no, yeah. you explained it. I, well I don't think it's good or bad. I'll give it you, is what it is. I give you a B minus on your argument. Well done. <laughs> it's <laughs> higher than my normal high school exactly. grades. And I was a hard ass when yeah. I came to market. Perfect. Just ask the poor kids at Monsignor Doyle. Oh, boy. Yeah, circa 1993. Anyway, now that the Western Conference has shaped up how it has. And I'm going to take the East out of this, not because we're pissing on the East like we tend to do. It just doesn't get enough attention. But Ottawa, that, that's the cream of the crop. So they'll just leave that over there and the 67s are going to go and do what they do. It's tight in the West. Mm-hmm. And we're coming into a huge weekend. And any fan of the game should be looking forward to watching Kitchener, London, Kitchener, Saginaw, the top three teams in the West going at one another. But how do you see this playing out now? You said Saginaw was your pick coming mm-hmm. into the season. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, Flint's coming down hard. They, they might catch Windsor in their division. Anyway. Well, they already have. It's, uh, sorry, yeah. They're only two points behind Saginaw. Saginaw, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty incredible stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I don't feel like saying neither was a cop-out, and I hope my answer to this isn't a cop-out, but... You can't say flip a coin. Come no, on. I'm, no, I'm not going to. Okay. I'm not going to. You can stick with Sag? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the smart, the smart bet. It's London. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it's the smart bet. When everything gets like this and every team gets close, at the end of the day, nine times out of ten, London ends up winning the conference. And that's what I'm expecting to happen this year. I think Brett Brochu is extremely underrated in goal. I think he's shown that he can carry the load and will carry the load for that Knights team. Um, He gets a lot of help, of course, because of the style the London Knights play and the personnel on that team, for sure. Um, And take that into consideration when looking at his numbers and whatnot. Um, because, like, if just side rant here, but Brett Brochu's numbers are almost similar in fewer games than Jacob Bingham's. If you put Jacob Bingham on that London Knights hockey club, <laughs> might be a different story. Sure. Uh, <laughs> because 
Jacob Ingham's had to do it the hard way. Um, and I think some nights Brochu has a pretty easy night because of the style the Knights play and the personnel. Anyway, back to the task at hand. I think it's going to be London and Saginaw as division winners. That's what I will say. Uh, I just think coming down the stretch, I mean, the Rangers don't have a tough schedule. At, with all due respect to the teams they play, I think they probably have four big tests left this year and I two mean, of them are this weekend yes for, no yes <laughs> yeah. absolutely 100 percent um but games against guelph games against on sound games against erie are never easy wins they're just not the top caliber teams in the western conference with all due respect to the storm and everything they've done i think they've kind of come back down to earth I've noticed, I noticed on my post-game show following the Rangers win over Erie on Tuesday that I was putting a lot of eggs in this weekend's basket, and I'm not sure that's fair. I think it will go a long way, and I think I'm being Captain Obvious when I say that, but this weekend will go a long way in determining the final placement of each of these three teams because you've got head-to-head matchups and the points, the standings are incredibly close right now. But I don't know if I was overstating the importance of this weekend's games for all three of those teams because final quarter of the season is still double-digit games. Mm-hmm. 15, 14 games for each team left after this, there will still be room for movement. Absolutely, and things can happen. I, I say it all the time, almost sickingly, but it is what it is. It, this is the Ontario Hockey League, remember? Any team can beat any team any given night, and no lead is safe. It's like the CFL. <laughs> you never know because... It, it does have those ebbs and flows, and we talked about it a bit on our post-game show uh, on Tuesday night. These are 15 to 20-year-olds. Some days, they just don't have it. Yeah, yeah. And that's allowed. It, like You and I have a hard enough time trying to have it every day. There's days I wake up, and I feel like absolute trash for no reason. And there are days I'm not very good at my job, and there are others that I am excellent at my job. Just like a hockey player. And then there are days where we rip on the league and our poor buddy Josh Sweetland for <laughs> no good reason. None. Had to go back to that. Damn it, Josh. We love you, buddy. But I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting stretch towards the end of the season. And I like how the top four teams are so close because they're going to be constantly jockeying for position. And it may come down to coaches trying to figure out when it comes to starting which goaltenders down the stretch because goaltending is such a fickle position. Where do we want to end up in this top four? Who do we want to see in the second round? You want, to, you want to end up first, period. If you're asking where you want to end up in the top four, you want to end up at the top, period, end of story, no discussion. I'm just saying, it's something you're going to think about. You touched on something that I think we have to think about. It's the ultimate wild card, and I don't think I will get any argument when I say of if you want to put top four now and throw Anthony Popovich and the Flint Firebirds yeah, into the mix. Fair enough. But the ultimate wild card in all of this is goaltending. And, and I think the Kitchener Rangers have that in spades. And I think that that's an absolute difference maker. For sure. But I will stay with the horse that I bet on at the very beginning of the season. And that is the very hungry Saginaw spirit that were so close, so close last year. And fell just that wee bit short. I don't love them in goal. I don't love London in goal, despite what Brett Brochu has been doing of late. I think the Rangers are the best of the four in net, but I'm going to stay with Saginaw to come out on top when everything is said and done. So I want to ask you this now. Regardless, not a prediction. I'm not asking for predictions, but if you are those top four teams, who don't you want to see in the first round? Or does it matter? It, well, t- yes, I think it matters. You know what? And if things stay the way that they are right now, yeah. uh, 
who would be on the outside looking in? Sarnia and Sue. So that takes out one. Because I wouldn't want to see the Sioux simply because of the travel you'd have to do. Right. Unless perhaps you're Saginaw, you're a little bit closer. But I don't want to see Windsor because the up-tempo game that they play, and these kids are so young and hungry, they don't know any better, I think, sometimes. Uh, that would that would frighten me uh, a little bit. And I don't think I want to see Guelph because Nico does talk about those ultimate wild cards and a team that came from behind in every single series they played, with the exception of their opening round series last year against Kitchener. Do you, do you want to mess with that in the playoffs? I don't, I don't want any part of that. So uh, I would rather have Erie and Owen Sound as things stand right now. And you're telling me they're not going to be jockeying for position in the top four. They want number one. It doesn't <laughs> matter. You're, you're not going to tank just because you don't want so, to go to Sault Ste. Marie if they squeak into eighth so what, place. So what if you have an opportunity to finish, win your division, but finish second and not first? And avoid no. Guelph in the first round. There is not a, no, I'm and sorry. And avoid Nico Dawes in the first round. No, there is no way you don't want to finish first. Stop it. That is foolish. You're being a fool. No, I'm not. Yes, I'm, you are. I'm being factual from... There is not a chance in hell that you want to finish anywhere besides first. And you're not going to look down, oh, gee, it might I'm be Guelph in I'm not saying you're going to tank. Place. I'm not saying you're going to lose on purpose. Like, the fix isn't in. But you may be cheering a little harder for other teams come down the stretch. You may be cheering for the, you know, maybe throw out the sixth defenseman. He needs some more ice time here in the third. No, 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 no. That you, you, you might be cheering for other teams. You might, you're right. I hope so and so beats so and so, so that moves Guelph out of possible playoffs. But the old cliche, I believe to be true. These teams are concerned with their performance first. All they care about. You don't believe that. You just rolled your eyes. Well, no, it, it's just just such a cliche thing to say. Like, but it, that's the truth, though. That's why I'm saying. Yeah, they're all trying to get pucks in deep, too. No, no. But what that's, my point in that, though, is that their focus is on their team yeah. finishing as high as it possibly can. They don't give a tinker's darn who they end up playing. I think they do care a tinker's darn, if, if that's something. Um, it is now. It is Circuitous now. and tinker's darns <laughs> only on the Farwell and Pope podcast. But I do, and I, I openly admit this, I am one of those people who always looks for that big storyline at the end. Like, ooh, uh, may, maybe, I'm, I'm always looking across and looking for that conspiracy theory, if you will, or the, that chess mask chess match if you will like who maybe he'll do this maybe he'll, maybe they'll do this i'm always that guy so that's what i'm thinking about like hmm if i'm going down the stretch and i'm one point separates first and second or third and fourth where it really doesn't matter you're on the road the second round if everybody wins anyway in third and fourth and you have an opportunity to not face nico Dawes, you can re- face erie i'm probably losing that hockey game. you are so ridiculous <laughs> you are so ridiculous i love the chess match that goes into the, the mental warfare i want to go on survivor so bad this is what happens when we go off script and i love it i hope you do too that's why you listen to the firewall and pulp podcast right because almost every week we go off script let's get back on script and ottawa we're talking to you. Here comes your love with a guy that's just on the outside knocking on the door of the top 10 prospects for the upcoming NHL draft. And the guy that was first to nudge him that high is our feature interview. He leads HockeyProspect.com. We affectionately refer to him as Lurch. Mark Edwards, the head scout and the founder of HockeyProspect.com, joins us on this week's episode of the Farwell and Pope podcast. Mark, how much of a gap do you believe there is between one and two? Uh, I think I think that it was widened a little bit during uh, during World Junior. Obviously, Lafreniere had a fantastic tournament. Now, part of it was opportunity. You know, when you got Lafreniere and he's 
he's leading the team and leading the charge. And then Byfield was just fighting to get some shifts. You know, you, you, you can't do much without opportunity. Um, there's a, there's an age gap there too, and if you if you want to think back one year to Lafreniere in the tournament the year before, guess what? He looked a lot like Byfield did as far as opportunity and impact on the tournament. So um, I talk a lot about this, and I just did an interview last week talking about this too, where we don't we don't scout in two week segments because <laughs> as I say to myself, which two week segment do you want me to scout and pick for our rankings? Right. So there's a lot of two week segments that we call them, and we just stack those segments one after the other, and you start getting a resume for each player, and then you got to decide, you know, where they're going to rank after you've stacked all those two week segments. Askarov's a good example. He hadn't really had a, a, a bad two week segment, if you want to call it, until a bad two week segment at the wrong time and a really big stage. And uh, does that make him a bad goalie and a bad pick now? No, it doesn't. It means he's a little bit young, uh, had a bad couple of weeks, not as probably his favorite two weeks of his uh, hockey career and, and obviously in his draft year. Uh, but you know what? If we want to pick a different two-week segment, we'll move him way up the rankings compared to that. When I saw earlier today, Mark, you post on Twitter that you were coming to this game here in Kitchener tonight, at Mark Edwards HP, by the way, for Hockey Prospect, I... responded to you right away because I wanted to talk to you about Jack Quinn. You were one of the first guys I saw in the scouting community that had him knocking on the door of the top 10 at 11th in one of your recent rankings. What is it about this guy that really caught your eye? It was funny is we put him uh, I think around 30 or something on the very first preseason list uh, not much opportunity. I just talked about opportunity. Not much opportunity for him last year, obviously, on the fourth line a lot. You don't get any ice. Uh, but I like the smarts and I like the skill. And uh, if you've talked to me before about that, first thing we look for is that hockey IQ. And the skill is obviously important at any time when you're talking about the NHL draft. So those are a couple of things I liked. And uh, I actually made a, a, a quick call to Ottawa and just made sure he wasn't, like, uh, skipping school every day and, like, you know, doing some nasty things on the side before I threw him at 30 on the list and got really rave reviews. I've since interviewed him, and I'll tell you that uh, I've actually talked to him twice, but the, the, but the interview in, uh, in early December after a game, uh, how long have I been doing this? It's probably in my top five, so really impressive kid. And I don't mean just that he's like a friendly, nice kid. I mean just his, his answers uh, when it came to talking about his own game. Uh, a big thing is is knowing who you are as a player for NHL scouts, because if you're you know if you're a stay-at-home guy and you're kind of describing yourself as the next Paul Coffey or whoever offensive defenseman you want to talk about, you know it's it's, it's a little bit of a of a warning sign about what's what's to come. So uh, I thought he did a, a good job of talking to me about his game. Um, you know, for example, just to get into one question, I, I just asked him if he came into the season with any part of his game he was trying to improve upon, and he said that he thought to have success he was going to have to do a better job of getting inside, playing inside. Coincidentally, that's a spot that I thought he's really improved that. Um, and it's when you know when you get inside and you're not playing on the perimeter all the time, and I won't get into to names and, and uh, crucify some kids, but there's been some <laughs> players that I've dropped in the rankings in the past who like to, like, you know, play on the perimeter, we'll call it. You know, it's, yeah. my daughter, when she was like six years old, played soccer one year. And, uh, it, you know, I went to one game and I decided that I would be a very bad soccer dad. <laughs> she was like, uh, she liked to play on the perimeter. <laughs> so, so Jack was uh, really knowledgeable about his game. Uh, and then you know you gotta you gotta still you know have have the talent and he clearly does. The kid can really shoot the puck. I think he's you know kind of my term is a he's a pure goal scorer. I talked to him about that. That I said 
Uh, I thought that a lot of his goals that I had seen live, I haven't seen every goal he scored this year, but a lot of ones I've seen live were translatable goals. He asked what I meant by that, and I said it, it means they're going to go in in the NHL as well. Uh, so uh, Declan Chisholm had a, game, a goal in this first period that I wouldn't have called a translatable goal. No fault of his, except it was a little bit in the middle of the net because the goalie was out of position, right? So whereas I've seen Quinn you know uh, find some holes that were slightly bigger than the puck and he and he really buries them and then he does he plays like a pro style game as far as uh, just uh, protecting the puck and the way he moves the puck that sort of thing all the tiny little parts of the game hockey iq wise uh just seeing the ice i think he makes guys around him better so a lot to like there some guys have been you know sending me messages oh he's he's old well there's yeah he, he, he can't change that but if you want to talk about you want to talk about opportunity, like I mentioned earlier. Like he's he's not old opportunity-wise, because this isn't a kid who's been playing top six minutes power play nonstop in his OHL career. We talk about the 67s, and obviously the two names that come up are Rossi and Quinn. What is the biggest difference between Rossi and Quinn? I think I think Rossi is uh, right now, and and not to say that I I think Quinn really lacks in this, but I think Rossi is a one of the best all-around forwards when it comes to playing a responsible 200-foot game. Defensively, I think he's one of the best uh, in the draft class as far as uh, his his defensive awareness, his effort defensively. Um, so I, I would give him a leg up on Quinn in that department. And then I think going the other route, obviously Quinn's got the size difference on him. And I think that pure goal-scoring ability, Rossi's no slouch, don't get me wrong, and the stats are obscene. But um, I, I think that if, if I had to choose the two, you know, that, that I would say um, Quinn's a little bit more of a pure goal scorer. We have a player here in Kitchener that's a rookie, albeit he's a year older, in Declan McDonald. And his head coach at the end of a game last weekend, after McDonald scored his first career hat trick, called him criminally underrated. Now, we get it. That's kind of the coach's and the general manager's job to pump the tires of his own players and get people to notice. But from your perspective and all the hockey that you've seen, number 25, Declan McDonald of the Kitchener Rangers, anything translatable in that game? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting you say his name because... Um, I hadn't seen a really, maybe maybe a once coming into the season, um, but I had some NHL guys tell me, you know, there's some hype on him, and and so he kind of came into Kitchener as a as a, a, a guy that was signed in here, uh, as a guy who had a little bit of uh, hype behind him, and then it didn't go, you know, extremely well here, a little bit slow start here, and then since the coaching change, it's it's picked up. I haven't seen Kitchener in two months, so this is why I'm here tonight. I've been, I'm playing catch-up. Um, so, you know, you guys know a lot better than me how he's playing game to game. Uh, but just the fact that I'm not here doesn't mean I'm not paying attention to who's starting to, uh, you know, put up some crooked numbers on the scoreboard and that sort of thing, because i got to know who uh, I might have to update myself on, that sort of thing. But... Uh, yeah, I can tell you that coming into the season, the, we thought he'd be on the, the radar for NHL draft for sure. I love the talk about Quinn and Rossi, and that's why I brought it up, the two of them together, because I think having two draft-eligible players in the same position that are going to be first-rounders push each other, and I think that's why they're having such successful seasons. Obviously, their team's built that way, but when you have a, you're putting your skates on and you're looking across the room at another guy, and you know there's scouts in the building who might be like, if I'm Quinn, I'm looking over at Rossi, and they're like, why are you rated higher than me? I'm better than you. And then Rossi's going, 
I got to keep my spot. I see you scoring goals, Quinter. I'm going to, I got to put up my points. So they think I'm better than you. And then it's just back and forth. And all the while, James Boyd sitting back one. <laughs> <laughs> what I like as somebody that covers this league and as somebody that loves this league as much as I do, that the cycle has kind of returned to the Ontario hockey leagues slash Canadian hockey leagues favor. And I love watching the draft when there are so many players that I know so well from watching them all season long that are highly regarded will go in the first round. And it's, you know, there was so much talk last year about American players and NCAA versus CHL. And that talk is always going to be there, but we all recognize it's cyclical and it's, it's the OHL CHL's turn in the cycle. A lot, a lot of deep prospects. And on that note should point out, Former Kitchener Ranger Kevin Henderson. Get your Charlottetown boy going. Henderson now an assistant coach with the Charlottetown Islanders and defenseman Lucas Cormier ranked 27th among all North American skaters in NHL's most recent rankings from Central Scouting. So there's the kid that Edwards was just talking about. There are a lot of miles on the uh, on the car of Mark Edwards and all these scouts. Eh? Just getting around. He's probably in the queue as we speak It's crazy right now. I have got a bee in my bonnet like no other. A burr under my saddle. Why do you, you just shake your head, your eyes are half closed. I know. You're like, here he goes again. I am 100% serious about this. And that's why my eyes are rolling into the back of my head. It is time for the sanctity and integrity of our game Uh. to finally bring an end. It's been done. It was fun. So long lacrosse-style goal. Joe Carroll goes lacrosse-style against the Ice Dogs this past week. Terry Doyle wanted to make a case for it situationally. It was a 5-1 lead for the Sioux that made it 6-1, or maybe the goal made it 5-1, whatever. I, and and I, I get it, certainly. If it's 8-1, 9-1, the game finished 10-1, I think there is a point in time where you kind of, you know, stop trying to show up the other team. I'm not sure this was the situation where you were doing too much showboating, but the goal... It's it's days are done. It's stupid. Let's end it. It's a simple fix. You can either create a traveling rule because that's what you're doing, or call it a high stick. I'm serious. What Popper? What's the difference? Traveling. What is the difference between picking up the puck like that on the blade of your stick and moving your feet, aka traveling, or picking it up with your hand and throwing it into the net? Zero difference except the skill level involved. Stop it. It's done, and it's a lacrosse-style goal, so it belongs in lacrosse. Go score in lacrosse, but not like that in hockey. You can't carry the puck. Yes, you can. No, you can't. <laughs> yes, you can. No, you can't. It, it. The rules allow you to, in fact. You just can't carry it in your hand. So now you're going to... Because handball. So now you're going to come over the blue line and whip the puck up onto the blade of your stick and whoop, 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 walk through the sure. defense and throw it home. No, you're not. Well, you can. No, you can't. Yes, you can. How can you? What do you mean? Have you ever seen you? anybody do it? If if a player wanted to, yes, you can, because it's not strategic. Guy's going to slash it out of your... You, have, you don't have as much control. Guy's going to slash your stick. You're just doing it because everybody likes it, and you're seeing it over and over, and you're an old, in your words, fuddy-duddy. Like, there's nothing wrong with this style of goal at all. None. It's part of the game. It's a, it's a new way to score goals. It's entertaining. The, there's no reason not to like it. There, there isn't, honestly. The game... You, 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 you are just looking to, to uh, not want the game to move forward to not you not looking for the hot dog if if the new goal was the Merrick Malik going between the legs and roofing it 
on a breakaway. What's wrong with that? Nothing. This is my. How's it? How's it any different? It's a skill. You're making my point for me. You're actually making my point for me. The the point of this game, Chris, and I love the Merrick Malik, the skill that we have seen come into the game, the speed at which players do things, Mm -hmm. the the Peter Forsberg nasty one hander, right? Gross. Come on, but you're still propelling the puck into the net by shooting it. This is lifting it and throwing it. That's not part of the game. Sure it is. It's a new part of the game that players have developed a new skill because it's a new way to score. Play with now, it in practice. Now you can't, as a goaltender, you can't just get down, put your both your feet against the posts and look over one shoulder while you cover the lower part of the net. You have to worry about a guy scoring from behind the net. If Wayne Gretzky knew how to do it, he would have done it. And he would have had maybe... 10,000 goals because he was behind the net so often. But it's just a different skill set that's brought to the game. It's not high sticking. There's no traveling rule. If Rob Shrimp wants to come down the ice, pick it up on his blade and skate, he can. If you want to Dwayne Robertson from the Mighty Ducks, bounce it on your stick the entire way down the ice, you're allowed to. You'll get cranked into next week, but you're allowed to. There is nothing wrong with the lacrosse-style goal, and it's not going to be around for too long because eventually players are going to start defending it and goaltenders are going to start to to stop it at a higher rate. But right now, you look at Svechnikov, the former Barry Colt in Carolina. He's got two already this year. Figure it out. And if you don't want it to happen to your team, if you're down 5-1 against the Sioux and you don't want J- Joe Carroll doing it, don't let him do it. Mason Howard didn't want Joe Carroll doing it. He crushed Carroll after the goal was scored. But here's my thing. One of my favorite movies of all time is Bull Durham. There's a scene in the movie where Kevin Costner, Crash Davis, tells the manager, if you want to get some results out of the team, go scare him. So he goes into the shower. He throws the baseball bats. He goes on his little rant about, you lollygagging. It's a simple game. You throw the ball. You catch the ball. You hit the ball. I always get it in the wrong order. I don't know what it is, but that's, that's the idea. That's baseball, right? In hockey, the way to score a goal is by shooting the puck. That's it. Not lifting it. And I know, I've had the comments about when Bobby Hull started using the slap shot, what would you have thought? That? He's still shooting the puck. Shoot the damn puck. You don't get to lift the puck. And I'm not kidding you when I say a simple rule will... Get rid of this. Either call it traveling or call it high sticking because you can never tell it happens so fast if the stick is raised over the crossbar, which is a high stick anyway. Stop it. Well, it's where the puck and the stick meet. So as long as the puck is below the crossbar, you're fine. And that's why you come across the side of the net because it's always underneath the crossbar. No, it's not you, over the top. If you bat the puck out of the air and your stick is over the crossbar, it's high sticking. So when you lift No, it's where you touch the puck. Your hands can be up over your head. If you touch the puck below your yes. below your shoulders, you're fine. So it's where the puck touches the stick. Fine. You come I, around the side of that. Then forget the high sticking. It's traveling. Put the rule traveling. in. Stop it. You cannot carry the puck with your hand quit or your so stick. Quit being so anti-creative and quit, quit being so old. Quit being so right is is another way of saying you it. You could not be more wrong on this. Except, I'm honest. I'm, except this, I'm right. Like we, we have disagreements about numerous things, and I can get – I can – You've come a long way on your fighting, and I've lifted my knuckles off the ground a fair bit. We've kind of met in the middle on that. I think we have. You are so asinine on this one. I'll bring like, you around just like, like I did then on everything else. Absolutely. Like you're way wrong. Okay. You can't carry the puck. It's that simple. Why? Should pull out the rule book. Well, that's, Where does it say you cannot lift the puck up on your stick? And that's the thing. This happened, 
and all of a sudden it's become a thing. Now it's happening happening with such frequency. We need to say the rules need to be put in place to stop it. Why? Because it's dumb. You can't oh, carry the puck. This is my... Where does it say that? I mean, you need to change the rules to say you can't carry the puck because someone's carrying the puck for one and a half seconds. Right. So what stops me then from picking it up with my hand and throwing it in the net? Well, the, the rules say you can't pick up the puck so with your hand. You make a rule, and the but this, hockey this is, is famous for it. You're making a rule. Right. Why? Hockey is famous for it. How many? I've but always why? Criti- I've criticized hockey for changing rules and modifying rules far too often for its own good. But this is one that would be for the How, betterment of the game. How in a way is it cheating? It is not cheating. Because the puck you're carrying is in play. the puck. You can still attack the puck. The yes. player could reach out and touch that puck whenever he wants. It's all part of the game. The puck is visible. It's on the blade of your stick, which you're using to score goals. You want to know when the rule will actually come in? Never. Some, something. No, here's what's going to happen. Because somebody is going to try it without as much time as he thought he might have, and they're going to get a cross-check into the throat. Well, then that player how, won't choose to do right. it again. But then as soon as we have a vicious injury because of it, because somebody's so mad, or somebody else goes, you know, uh, tomahawk-style chop onto the player, slash-wise, I'm telling you, that'll that bring ain't going to happen. So stop it now. That's not going to happen. Before that happens. It's not going to happen. Okay. The goal is the worst. It's over. It's done. Find a new way to do it. Shoot the damn puck. It's the point of the game. I think it's an unbelievable goal. It takes talent to do it, and not everyone can do it. I think it's outstanding. I think we're going to have an unbelievable weekend. I hope everybody is tuned in to the top of the Western Conference because I, I can't see games on the schedule that will be as compelling as Kitchener-London, Kitchener-Saginaw this weekend. It's going to be fun. And I just, I don't care. I honestly don't care who wins and who loses. I'm with you. If one of these games ends up like 8-1, oh, I'm going to be so angry. Don't, why you got to bring that up? Just give me good hockey games. Please, all three teams, show up. Yep. Just show up. Give me some four twos, some five threes, a Just, three one. I don't. I don't care if it's nine eight. Fair enough. Or one nothing. Just show up. Just give me a good hockey game. I don't Absolutely. want a one-sided blowout where one team just doesn't have it. I want a good game. And I don't know who. Conrad Hashi, are you listening? I don't know who is officiating these games. But please, you gotta go for easy. the love of you. Go easy on these guys. Let them play. Wow. Just let them play. That's right. it. Call the game. Just let them play. It's too, it, it's too good a hockey this weekend for you to be the star. You're not the star. Show up. Blow your whistle. Call penalties. Call the offside. Just do your job. That's all I ask. And I'll try to do mine. Looking forward to it. Going to be a time. And you'll get another one of these episodes before next weekend's action in the OHL. Enjoy it this weekend. I'm Farwell. And I'm Pope. And that is the Farwell and Pope podcast. That's a wrap on this edition of the Farwell and Pope podcast. Your authority on everything around the OHL. Have a question or topic you'd like covered? Email mike at 570news.com. The Farwell and Pope podcast originates from the 570 News studio in Kitchener. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.